to Clem and Alfred, Unequally Yoked. How are you doing this week, Alfred? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad. Ready to rock and roll. We had a great bodybuilding show this past weekend. Saw a bunch of incredible competitors up there on stage. The bug kind of got in me. I was <laughs> feeling it. So I'm in full prep mode. My next show will be October 19th. That is inspiring. That's how I like started bodybuilding because I went to a show and I'm like, ooh, those are normal, everyday, regular people. Accountants, receptionists, people who just work regular jobs. They're not special or extraordinary. I mean, everybody's special and extraordinary, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they're like everyday, normal people. I could do that too. And I was like this skinny little, I mean, I'm Asian, so. Obviously, I'm Asian. There's no muscle, hereditary, you know, genetically you advantageous. Have, some of you have. Um, yeah, some of them like Vietnamese and, you know, Koreans, <laughs> not Filipinos. <laughs> We're like the Omar bottom of the has total. Good muscle. Cherry had good muscle. It just depends. It's the genetics of, right. your, of your family. And we're like, you know, the Filipinos are like Hawaiians. We're totally mixed up. Like we're a bunch of different peoples put together that found this little island and took over. So there's Spanish, Chinese, there's all kinds of different mix-ups there in the Philippines. And I got the low totem pole genetic muscle mass <laughs> straw. <laughs> but, I mean, I went and I'm like, I could do that. I could do that too. So let's talk about what inspire what inspiration or drop of intuition or inspiration or a download idea thought that sparked you for a second and maybe you moved on it well i or always wanted to do bodybuilding when i was a kid i started working out when i was 12 years old i went to uh and i probably mentioned this in the previous podcast but Mr. Love had his gym, San Jose, California, right off of White Road. I, I sat in that lobby when I was 11, because he told me I couldn't work out till I was 12. I couldn't purchase, actually purchase a membership. And I just sat there and watched all the guys working out, working out. So I've always been fascinated by the human body in which you can build as far as muscle is concerned by lifting weights. You were inspired by watching. I was inspired by Mr. Love and I sat there with his daughters. They're a little younger than me. They sat at the front desk as well and I just waited and waited and when I turned 12 I popped down my $99, got my one year membership and unfortunately a couple months later he closed. Oh no! <laughs> then it turned into Larry's gym. I popped down another hundred and something dollars and then he closed as well. So Next. took my money Put a gym in my room that never closed, and that's where I started. In my room and in, and in <laughs> How old were you? Raymond's Gar uh, Raymond Garcia's uh, garage. I was 12. Oh, I was 12 oh yeah, old. you had that total gym in the garage. I remember Man. seeing it in a <laughs> Oh, that was an upgrade to what I had inside my inside oh, my bedroom. So your had, room was small, so I can't then, even imagine. And then I went many, many years of uh I trained when I was younger. I went and I was going to do bodybuilding, but I was told I had to take steroids because I had a good shape. But if you want to really be competitive, you need to take steroids so you can grow. And at that time, I was just like, hey, said no. And then fast forward all the way to the age 42. Uh, my wife and I went to a posing class. And then a couple years later, Katie Wayman White came into the gym and she goes, man, are you going to do the bodybuilding thing? 
And I was like, ah, the polling class was cool, but I don't really, I, I don't want to, you know, have to bulk up like that and take steroids. And she had mentioned there was natural bodybuilding and that really got my ears up. And then a couple months later, she had made a Facebook post that she'd be promoting the show. And I said, hey, Katie, is this the show I should do? She said, yes, that was in November. Yeah. And then that posing class was hard. Alfred was sweaty. And I'm like, why are you sweating so much? You're just standing there. Just standing there. <laughs> That's before I knew anything. I didn't know and that. She wasn't. She was just. I was watching. sitting on the bench. <laughs> so what all of you think is why are they sweating so much? But when you're standing there for it was an hour long class and you're squeezing, 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 and squeezing, you're gonna start to sweat because your muscles are activating. And, and I was sore the next day. Oh yeah. Oh my god. So <laughs> the whole body just sore. Well, for me. Um, one of the things that I can really remember that really sticks out of my mind, it actually makes me feel powerful. Like I, I, I built this, um, reference point in my life that this made me feel powerful was I ran a marathon. It was not on my bucket list. It was not something I desired to do. It wasn't anything that I thought one day when I grow up, I'm going like you in bodybuilding. I did not have this desire to run a marathon. And, and in actuality is when I was in the second grade, I realized when I was an adult that in the second grade, I actually brainwashed myself to believe that I don't run. And the reason how that happens every day, second grade, the recess bell would ring and I would like run, 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 run because I would be chased by these little boys. There was about five or six little boys that would try to chase me and try to slobber like, you know, little boys, they don't know how to kiss. So they're like, <laughs> they take their tongue and then they put it, they stick it out and then they lick your face from like they lick your cheeks and I remember one time they threw me down on the ground like I ran I tried to run so hard and I was I'm like a little overweight kid so I'm like running as hard as I can and then I got to the grassy field and I got pushed down to the floor and I um, was trying to wrestle my way out and I rolled rolled and then I landed in some dog doo-doo. And I'm like, oh, this is the worst. Is that where all the trauma started? I think, well, that trauma <laughs> and plus, every time I ran and I would run so hard with all my might, my side pain would come. You know that runner's side pain? So, cramp. okay, it's called a cramp. And so I believed from that point that I must not be a runner. Like God made me different and my body just does not do that. Fast forward to my thirties, I had decided I'm going to break that brainwashing that I, or programming that I put myself into and I'm just gonna start running because I always said I hate running and I realized I hate running because of the second grade. And God forbid that I'm a grown ass woman acting like a second grader. <laughs> like I'm, I'm being dictated by a second grader. And I realized that's not right. I should be able to do and feel and have whatever I want in life. And, um, and it wasn't that I wanted to run. It was that I wanted not to be having a mind block about something. And I knew if I broke one mind block that I would be able to break more mind blocks. Mm. So I said, 
I'm gonna run and I'm gonna prove to myself that I'm the boss of my body, that I'm the boss of me, that I, I'm the boss, not you know, my body, because I believe my body believed it couldn't. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. After eight years, <laughs> I went from I hate running to I actually like running to the point where when it was time to switch over to bodybuilding, it was actually hard to make the switch. Every time I thought it's time to work out, my body wanted to get up and go run outside instead of go to the gym and lift weights. Hmm. But it started with it started with one mile and then from one mile it turned to a 5k 5k is three miles then from a 5k to an 8k then which is six miles and the 8k to a 10k 10k to a 12k and then I did a 15k and then I ended up doing a whole 26.2 miles only one time in my life <laughs> And I, I did it, and so that's all that mattered. I cried at mile 22, and an old man with no shoes on was running past me, and he patted me on the back and said, it's okay, it's only because it's your first one. All the other <laughs> ones will be easier. And I said, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but I did cry happy tears when I crossed the finish line to the point where like you and the kids were like, why are you crying? It just felt like, oh my God, it was such, if you've never run a marathon, you, you won't, I don't think anyone who's never done it can understand the emotional like months. It was six months of preparation of running four to five days a week, you know, you do a small run, a medium run, and then you do every week you do a long run, and then the long run keeps getting longer every single week until Ooh. you culminate to 26.2 miles. And um, it was just like this, oh my God, I can't believe that I have this power inside of me. I can't believe that I'm, I, I'm, I'm amazing. And then I just started crying. And it just wouldn't stop. Like the tears just kept going. Like <laughs> So after that, I'm like, there's nothing in life that will ever stop me. I can do anything. If I could do 26.2, I could do anything. And then when you started bodybuilding and I watched it, and I'm like, those people are regular people. They're normal everyday people. They're heroes. not just gifted, yeah. born to look that way and then got on stage with, you know, very little work. Some of the people lost a hundred pounds. The bios, when you hear the bios, oh, that's what yeah. really gets you. Levi, he has cerebral palsy. That guy gets up there every year I've competed. Well, actually well, every except for, the, except for the first year. That guy competes all the time. He shouldn't even be, shouldn't even be alive. Well, and yeah. he's on stage. Or hold a weight, cause he's shaking. Like how do you? But he's hold? doing a fantastic job up there. And he's telling he job. does it he does it for the sole purpose of showing people that there's no excuse. There's, no, there's people with one leg, and mm -hmm. and and in wheelchairs no that legs. are lifting weights yeah. and getting on bodybuilding shows. So when now when someone tells me, oh, I just can't even I can't do that I can't, and it kind of makes me sad because it's like whoa I remember brainwashing myself or program myself thinking that I can't when in actuality we can and there's people who with less than us who are doing more than us right. with the less ability that they have they're actually making you know um, dollar out of 
15 cents and we're only making 50. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry, bring out rap verses. <laughs> but um, but that, that in itself is like, okay, so it's really all in our mind. Because if mm -hmm. people are doing more with less, then it's really us. And it's not to say that, because we, we participate in, my wife, she did the long distance running. I did a few of them, very short, the 5K, which is three miles. I, after the last one, the Seattle Torchlight, I think that was That was like, 8K. Man. I, it was hot. Do, do not sign me up for that stuff anymore. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying, <laughs> it's not that you have to do runs or even, we're not saying do a bodybuilding show or run to prove yourself. This is anything that you like inspired inside of yourself that, Hey, I want, I want to start my own business. You know, I want to do this with my children. I want to climb a mountain. Oh, man. You know, I want to, I want to read more books. If, if you have something inside of you that you want to accomplish, you should identify what programs or what is going through your head that's stopping you from doing it and get some help. Work on doing it because you don't want to take it to the grave. Imagine if she was on her deathbed and she never ran anywhere because, you know, or I don't do bodybuilding because I don't want to accept the fact that there's going to be some social settings where people are eating pizza and cookies and I'm just not going to be able to eat that. I we don't know what we don't know so we don't know that like on the other side is this amazing confidence and life and like strength that we have mentally emotionally spiritually and physically that you don't know about that when you're not familiar with it so you kind of settle like oh it's okay if I don't like running not everybody has to like running but I think what I would have regretted at my deathbed is um, settling like not ever knowing my full potential and not ever knowing my full possibility and or bigness of who I can really be. And it starts with something small like a 5K, which is crazy, but you know, but for some people, a 5K is a marathon. It's funny when people post their 5K pictures, they're like, oh man, you ran a marathon. Well, no, I run five, a 5K, it's three miles. <laughs> but to a lot of people, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. I'm good for one mile. <laughs> really that's fast. still considered one fast, a really sprint. Mile. <laughs> I'm good for one. Anything over that, you guys can keep it. That's just, <laughs> that's what I do. Now, going to the weight room, I'll stay in there all day. Right. But, I mean, there is something to be said. Like, is is it, when people say, you know, I don't like that and I don't want to do that, do you not want to do it because that you believe you can't? Um, do you not want to do it be, because you believe that, other people are more special, able, capable, gifted, um, genetically freakish. And so you ruled yourself out. And I think there's a time where we have to ask ourselves, why do we say we don't want to and we can't? Why do we say that? You know, if you just like, you know, I have a preference, like the last episode, Alfred has a preference for lifting weights more than yoga. Where is the pump? Where's I'm not the getting pump? the pump. It doesn't even hurt. It's is not this a, a workout? Yeah. This is not a workout. And, and, you know. So I think it changes the different, different mindset. Headspace, yeah, headspace. Different headspace. headspace right now, so. Headspace. And so I, that's, I guess this is the question to ask yourself. If you say you don't like something, don't want to do something, ask yourself, why? 
why is why is it that you have that thought you know are you prejudging are you labeling is it because it looks awkward and different from what you're normally used to is green or any weird you know smell of like there's people who won't even go to another country let alone go to a a, a, um, a restaurant that has foreign food because the spices are unfamiliar and it smells funny. And so we label things as... How boring uh, would that be to do the same thing all the time? We don't, we don't explore the potential and possibilities. And we don't think bigger than our little box. And so we're here today to just inspire you. What is outside of your box that you can do, that you thought about doing? Is it... You know, you want to start a food truck. Fun. Yeah, that would be, that would be fun. And if you're scared to go big, just get you a little cart and sell ice cream. Right. You can do ice oh, popsicles. On your bike with a little ding, 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 ding. Yeah, and just get a cooler <laughs> with some dry ice and see how you like communicate. I tell you, my father sells these amazing pies oh, in California Bean at pies. the farmer's market. And that's all he does now. He doesn't have your normal nine to five. He's in, I think, four farmer's markets and he sells pies and he loves it. So there's something inside of you that you want to try that you should definitely explore. And if you're having a challenge with exploring it, leave a comment in our, uh, on our podcast or I message us you. directly. We can help you through it. I mean, that's what we do every day. And we try, we now that we're a little older, we try to be open to I'm everything. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm older. Well, I am, and I, I don't mind. I like all different types of foods. I like doing all different types of activities. You know, I'll try just about anything once except for crack. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but, so, you just sparked a thought in my mind. I think a lot of us will think that we can't do something because we see other people's end results. And we think... Oh, that's the end result. I look like this or I have this small bank account and I live in this kind of home or an apartment or whatever. There's no way that this current situation is ever going to look like that situation. It's so contrast and we become, we start to compare our current situation to a, a higher possibility situation because we don't see or understand or are unfamiliar with the in-between and so I believe a lot of people will X themselves out of something because the in-between is so unknown and unfamiliar and uncomfortable you're uncomfortable when things are unfamiliar that you just automatically assume there's no way I can get from you know the trailer park to um, the suburbs in a in a 2,000 square foot 3,000 square foot home there's no like, how do you do that? In their mind, it's a jump. There is no jump. It's an increment. It was like Alfred being going to the gym when he was 12 and watching guys lift. And then a friend saying, hey, come to my posing class. And then two years later, deciding, oh, you know, being asked again, come do a show. So it's an incremental, you know, slow process. For some it's slow, for some it's fast. It depends on your mindset and where you are in your openness. Like the yoga took 20 years for Alfred. 
Yeah. What would you say about that? Slow to fast. Like some, some, you, we were just, there was oh, a book, yeah. you know, about if, if you, if you, if you go too fast and you do, I mean, the stories about, okay, so I started this business and then six months, it 12 months up. later, the person's a multimillionaire. And then, <laughs> and then, and then you do that story of where are they now? You know, and then you have the person who started off and they went through the process and they went through all the hardships and learning stages and they finally got there, but it took them 20 years. You know, which person do you think will actually sustain their success? I think it's, so each one is different. Yes. So your journey is your own journey. And the journey is there to teach us and show us about ourselves, show us about areas in our soul and our mind and our spirit that need to be um, up-leveled. And no matter how fast it is, it's that was the experience that you were supposed to have. So if you went really fast, like I used to be down on myself, like, oh, look at these 20-year-olds just popping out gyms everywhere and I'm still on my first one or whatever. And I'm like, gosh, we've been in the game longer than everybody. Why is it happening? But it was for my good. Everything happens for me, not to me. And if I look at the process, that was a process I was supposed to have in order to learn, you know, what are my roadblocks in my mind? What are the things that are holding me back? What are my fears? What are my insecurities? What are my confidence issues? What are my um, self-talk? What's, you know, so the fast and slow, and if it happens fast for you, and then you, dro and you drop really fast, like we have clients who, Here's a good example. We have clients who will follow our instructions to the T. And then we don't want them to. We were like, okay, how did you feel? Were you tired? Were you hungry? Were you, you know, how did, how did your brain feel? How did your stomach feel? And they won't tell us how they feel because they're really adamant about checking everything off of the checklist. And I'm like, that's not how it works. We want you to learn how to be intuitive and to learn something in the process. So if you're just following a checklist, a to-do list, you're not being in touch with your spirit. And so if you're not in touch with your spirit, you're not learning anything. If you're not learning anything, then the whole process of using the goal as personal development and personal improvement, it kind of goes away. So people end up gaining all their weight back they didn't learn anything they were just doing the do I think that answers the question yeah. <laughs> all right so hopefully you take the journey and you explore you learn something and then you become more of your higher best self through the process so Alfred tell us about this program you put together we're launching a new app called victory natural this app is going to allow you to track your food similarly to MyFitnessPal. It will also allow you to track your workouts. And what's incredible about the workout portion is that there will be nice handy videos and a detailed explanation on how to perform each and every exercise you choose to do. We will have a private group where you will do weekly accountability or weekly check-ins. You'll also set your weekly intention. We will post a weekly exercise of the week 
and you also get some type of a healthy recipe. For coaching clients, you can upload your measurements, progress pictures, body fat percentage, and we can use our system to track where you're at. Check it out. For more information, visit us at www.clemandalfred.com. Thanks for listening.